You're listening to Our Two Cents with the team from SGL Financial, building wealth for life. Steve Lewitt is the president of SGL Financial, and Gabriel Lewitt is the CEO. They're here to discuss all the latest in financial news, trends, strategies, and more. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Our Two Cents with Stephen Lewitt and Gabriel Lewitt here in Buffalo Grove, Illinois, on a snowy morning. Yeah, it's coming down out there. Yeah, so we're recording this in the middle of a early morning snowstorm here, so <laughs> hopefully you'll probably remember the day that uh, it was Wednesday. It was today. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get a storm, though. Yeah, supposedly yeah. down south it might be really, really a lot of snow, like yeah. a foot. This is kind of like a snowfall. I don't feel yeah, it's not like too bad for stormy. Us. But anyways, it's it's kind of interesting. Quiet out, you know, in the hallways. Not a lot of people in yet, so yep. nice early morning. Yep. Just us and producer Kate here recording the show. Yeah, hope you're all enjoying a cup of coffee or a cup of joe or a cup of mud. Sure, mud <laughs> sounds delicious. Right. <laughs> so, well, good morning, everyone. Well, good or morning. Good. Yeah, good afternoon. Whatever time of day it is that you're listening in, we're just excited to have you as part of our show here. So you we've bet. got a good one lined up for well, you today. What are we doing today, Mr. Leader? Mr. Leader here, uh, I guess that could be me. Uh, so <laughs> we're talking a little bit about economic predictions for the year. Ah, I love it. And, you know, as you know, folks, people love to make predictions about things. In fact, everybody has an opinion typically, and the more people you talk to, the more opinions you get. But we're going to share with you some of the ones that we've uh, researched here and uh, put together for the show and really, you know, just there's some interesting takeaways here. And, of course, we might end up with a, a conclusion or two that we'll circle back to. But we thought we'd, want to, we'd share some of these with you. And, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, what to do with some of these predictions that you might be hearing about in the news, on the TV, wherever you might be listening or learning. In our crystal ball. Of course. Got, well, we've got ours. They've got theirs. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. uh, so quote-unquote, the experts here are saying a couple of different things, and uh, let's walk you through the first one we've got here. Uh, GDP, the S&P Global Chief, U.S. economist Beth Ann Bovino, says, we have a growth forecast for 2022 of 3.9%, and we still don't see a recession on the horizon. Well, as you know, I'm, the economics is my thing, other than poetry. Those two <laughs> don't go together, but I grew up as an economist, so... Uh, this is my favorite one of my favorite subjects. So I'm going to put myself in that category of sort of expert. Sure. Sort of sort of. So expert. sort of expert, Steve, what, sort, is, what are your thoughts there? Well, here's the deal is that the fundamentals, the economic fundamentals in the United States are very, very good. Uh, and there is a lot of reason to think that GDP will grow. Uh, the S&P will have a good year, perhaps not at the end of the year. And the fundamentals point that way. Now, the problem is all the news, all the news just talks about what's bad. You know, inflation's bad, this is bad, the supply chain's bad, and those things are not good. But it still doesn't undermine the fundamentals of what's going on in the United States today. So I am leaning towards uh, agreeing with Beth Ann Bovino, even though she, uh, I don't know her. Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't know Beth Ann Bovino also, but, uh, or either, but I agree with you, Dad. I think the news has a, a very interesting penchant of only reporting more of the negative than the positive. 
I'm sure none of you out there have ever noticed that. <laughs> yeah, you know, like inflation. There's really nothing inherently bad about inflation because everything adjusts. Income adjusts to inflation. Social Security adjusts to inflation. Now, it might lag a little bit or it might be too high in one area like food, which is not healthy to do that. But overall, when you take the bigger picture, it's like looking at somebody's financial plan. All right. And they and they, you know, they have some of their money in the stock market and a lot of money, safe money or something like that. And the stock market goes down. They just look at that one part of their plan and say, oh, my God, you know, I lost 10 percent in the stock market. Well, yeah. But if you look at the total whole of your plan, you're still good. Right. You're still good. Yeah. So it's good to keep more of a macro perspective on things. Uh, folks, remember, we say this a lot. The news doesn't love to report as many positive things as negative because they get more clicks and they get more eyes and they get more readership and listenership when they talk about bad things and negative things. Those are what lead the headlines. So you always want to keep everything that you read on the news with a grain of salt. But uh, as far as the GDP goes, it'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. But uh, to your point, Dad, some of those fundamentals are still looking pretty good. And that's a, a case. I'm not saying it means we're going to have a bullish year, but it's a one of the cases for a, posi- a positive year here in 2022. Yeah, definitely positive. You know, the amount of stored up consumer money, there's so much savings and cash around. It would be surprising to me that if the economy did not do well. Now, there's always the black swan event. You know what that is? I know you know what that is. Folks, you know what that is. <laughs> well, I have a whole flock of swans black. in my backyard that I keep. <laughs> One of them's black. Are you really getting them? <laughs> no. No? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay, so so black swan event is something that comes out of the blue. That you can't predict. But barring that, something really, really bad, um, I think we're going to have a fairly good year. Yeah. Is my microphone not working? It well? is, yes. Yeah. So you're well you're no, you're just kinda your thing is farther away, so then you're oh. you're standing away from your pop filter and thus your voice then is further from the mic. Is does a pop filter have anything to do with me being your father? A pop a father filter. <laughs> <laughs> is this a father? Now can that's you, what I call a <laughs> cheesy joke. It's very cheesy, but can you turn me <laughs> off and filter me oh, anytime gosh. you want? Uh, we do need a pop filter. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, next next headline here on the housing market. So that was GDP, folks, and of course there's other other opinions as well. But we're just you know picking a couple here. Uh, housing market. Paul Knag Nag. I'm not sure how to say that. K N A G of RateZip.com says I believe that a hawkish Fed combined with Omicron uncertainty could bring higher interest rates amid domestic hardship and cooling off home values. So. Uh, what's going to happen with the housing market, uh, super, super smart Steve? <clears throat> the balloon blow up. You think? And the balloon burst. And uh, the, the, so I, don't, your, I mean, Is that your prognostication? This is a very technical economic theory that what, blows up, what gets bigger eventually gets smaller. The or, housing, the, or, or does it? <laughs> I, well, that becomes <laughs> a philosophical question that we Well, could. so, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's conflicting opinions. Obviously, everyone is very thrilled to see a, a pretty big spike in their housing value, home value. But there's the lingering question, is this a, a good time to, you know, buy, right? You know, what if you buy and then the market crashes and people are underwater again? Yep. Uh, so there, there's some uncertainty and, and concern about where the housing market is headed, especially in a rising rate 
environment, uh, we've heard the Fed talking about rising rates to combat inflation. Yeah. Will that have an impact, you think, on the st- on the housing market? Well, the Fed's talking about uh, interest rate increases anywhere. They're, they're, now that some people are expecting five interest rate increases this year. Look, anytime interest rates go up and mortgages become more expensive, the housing market suffers. Mm-hmm. Now, how much it will suffer, I don't know. But what we do know is this thing is like the stock market has been is just pumped up and pumped up and pumped up and we all know that this got to come down to earth just like the stock market will come down to earth sooner or later um the question is when right yeah yeah you know it'll be interesting to keep an eye on you know folks a couple ways to think about it too would be you know if you sell your house today at a premium Right. You'll get more so you can buy a house at a premium. But, you know, nobody really wants to buy in today if the market's going to, you know, tank in the real estate world. But at the same token, how long do you wait? Right. If you're thinking about buying a new house, I think that's some those are some of the questions I've gotten from clients is how long do I wait uh, to wait this out to see if it's a bubble that's about to burst. So, yeah, interesting questions there on the housing market for the year. Uh, let's see. The next one up on our topic list is inflation. So GDP, we, t- we covered here, housing market, inflation. Uh, the National Institute of Economic and Social Research predicts that inflation will fall uh, to about 2.3% by Q4 of 2022, which is back mm. in the what many would say is the normal range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What say you, prognosticator Steve? Why don't you read the second one on top of that? Because they kind of connect with each other. Well, yeah, I didn't know who this guy was here, Luke Zhang, but uh, he's a uh, an MBA in one of the articles that uh, I jotted down here. But he's, he said that he didn't see inflation ending anytime soon uh, due to a lack of workers and a shortage of supplies. So there's some conflicting opinions about clearly what's the root cause of the inflation and ultimately then what will be the cure for inflation if there's not a clear-cut picture of what's causing it. Surely. So um, if there were a fence, I'd be sitting on it, although that's very that's very difficult to do, but I'd be sitting on it. Maybe, th- maybe there's a seat attached to the top <laughs> yeah, of the right. fence. Yeah. So look, um, you know, inflation has a lot to do with supply chain and, uh, you know, lack of workers, you know, prices go up. I think the bigger issue is the international economy because that is going their their supply chains and their inflation rates are forcing are filtering into the US. So my my feeling is inflation is not going to stay at 5 or 6 or 7% like everybody fears it'll come down whether it'll come down this year or next year to 2.3 I don't know but I think it will come down. Yeah. By yeah. the way, I have a question for you. Yeah. Are you putting my predictions down, and, and are we going to like <laughs> visit this next year? Because I've got to be careful now what I say. Well, uh, let's see. I have not been writing them down. Oh. So the good news is you could, uh, you, you could be right or wrong, and I, wouldn't probably, I probably wouldn't remember. So but I, we could always come back to the show here and listen in. Well, then I could do what all the gurus do, say, well, I predicted that, even though, <laughs> even though they never do. Well, that's what we're going to – I think that's going to be our conclusion here in about a second. Right. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about one other thing here. We talked about this before, of course. Uh, the, uh, the great resignation is also on the forecast for the year. You've heard about this. We've talked about it a little bit on a previous show. Just lots of people thinking about – rethinking their careers, where they want to work, do they want to continue to work, and many people are quitting their jobs in search for greener pastures. 
it, we don't have greener pastures right now. We have white. We, we, we have, have white pastures. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's the you know one of the themes for the year is the Great Resignation, and and what will the impacts really be on that? On some of the many things we just talked about before, right? That is part of the labor shortage. Of course, that uh, might be contributing to inflation. Uh, will companies continue to embrace this work from home when the uh, pandemic, quote unquote, ends, if it ever ends? I know, you know, I know I'm not a fan. Everybody knows me. I'm not a fan of work from home. Uh, some companies like it. Some some companies don't. I, don't. I don't like it. So, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how the Great Resignation pans out and its impact on our economy this maybe, year. Over maybe the if I worked from your home. So we could like hang out together with the sure. kids. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. we Cause, wouldn't cause get hang, any because hanging out with the kids is working. Right? We we wouldn't get anything <laughs> done, but right, it wouldn't be lonely. So, folks, you know, lots of here, you know, lots here to analyze. Of course, the last one is the stock market, and I don't have the uh, all of them in front of me. In fact, we're going to do a market outlook event for the year here. I think in early March, uh, which you'll get invites to in your emails for a webinar. So keep an eye out for that. But uh, we typically, I've already done some preliminary research there, and there is a whole host of different opinions on what the stock market is going to do this year. Yeah, I think it's about I mean, 50-50. Yeah, half the people think it's going to go up and half think and, it's going to go then, down. And then half on the upside think it's going to be, like, amazing. And <laughs> and half on the downside think, like, uh, you know, get your bunker and your guns. Yeah. So, so, so folks, uh, you know, what do you do with all this? You get all these opinions. You you hear things all the time. I think I know the answer. When it's staring us right in the face, when you have a thousand different opinions, none of them that agree, uh, you start to realize that nobody knows. Okay, and we can all make educated guesses, but the key is to uh, plan for the best. You know, prepare for the worst. You know, making sure all your preparations are in order in case we have a bad year uh, financially. So that means go back to your plan. Make sure all you've you've checked all your Hatches, right? You know, everything is in good order. And so once you do that, then you can have some peace of mind that, okay, it doesn't matter who's right or wrong. I'm going to I'm gonna be good no matter what. That's really what I like to summarize well, when it, I hear all these things. Folks that have a plan through us, Gabriel, are stress-tested. Stress-testing means we put what we think is the worst-case scenario into the plan. Mm-hmm. So when we, for example, the years between 2000 and 2013 when the S&P underperformed treasuries, S&P basically made no money during that period. Uh, we put that into a plan and say, you know, this is a worst-case scenario. Is, are these folks going to still be okay? And that's called a stress test, folks. It's not a Monte Carlo where you run probability. It's like a worst-case example uh, a scenario which you can't get in a stress test or a Monte Carlo. So what gives, uh, I think what gives our clients peace of mind is that they know that we don't know what's going to happen, but something will happen, and a worst-case scenario is in their plan already. Yeah, absolutely. So, folks, you can turn off the news. <laughs> you can not read the, no, the, the dreary headlines. It's fun. You it's can fun. Uh, avoid the uh, the negative gossip and just realize once you have a good plan, everything is going to be okay. Yeah, well, yeah, but it, that won't be much fun at a party when you when people <laughs> say, well, what do you think about inflation? And you say, I don't care. I have my plan. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good answer. It's a great answer. It's a great answer, <laughs> but but that's no fun. I mean, you yeah. want to say something. I like, sure. agree. I disagree. You know. Yeah. Something. No. It's but, good. No. It's good to have a have a have an estimate or an. Opinion. But it is nice when yeah. everybody else is worrying. You're sitting there saying, you know, I'm good. <laughs> right. I'm really good. 
Exactly. All right. So, folks, that's our, our first uh, segment here for today's show. And, of course, if you have questions on anything, you just give us a call anytime. 847-499-3330 is our line, and our website is sglfinancial.com. And we would love to hear from you, of course, and write in your questions, comments, thoughts, wants, wishes, anything that uh, we can do uh, to help make our show better or to help make your finances better. That's what we're here to do. Okay, but moving on here to our next segment here, we've got a study, which, Dad, I think uh, we were excited to talk about this one year. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we got to toot our own horns as advisors here. So there's a new study that we, came out we, recently. We, we do that a lot, Gabriel. Sometimes we do. Yeah. Uh, this says, new, here's the headline, new study finds clients that are using financial advisors are happier. Well, can I preface this? Of course. Preface, yeah, that's the correct word word yeah preface 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 so (laughs) so here you know here's the thing is that uh, we see our clients happy and we can generalize into that Uh, but everything we do everything our money managers do is based on independent research and I think this is a key to folks if you're interviewing a financial advisor or with a financial advisor when they say something to you, what I would suggest is ask them, okay, do you have the independent research, not your research, the independent research that proves what you're telling me? You know, and there is everything we do, we can justify here, Gabriel, with independent research. What is this prefacing with the earth? <laughs> well, I'm, prefac- I'm prefacing. <laughs> so it's good to have. We always tell people you'll be happier with a plan, but now we've had it before. Now we have updated independent research that says what we're telling them is actually a fact. It's not our opinion. Mm. And I like facts that are backed by independent research. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes more. That makes sense. Okay. I, I was. I, I wasn't was, sure where you were headed with that, but uh, well, it's snowy. It's snowing out, so I was like all <laughs> over the road. You were the blowing there with the winds. Yeah, I was blowing with the wind. Well, yeah. So uh, the study here, which was done by Herbers and Company, I don't know who that is. Whoever, but it's, uh, whoever that <laughs> is. But thank you, Herbers. Yeah, uh, found. You know, they interviewed uh, clients of all size, investment, sorry, investors of all sizes, and found that at all ranges, there is an improvement in happiness. Now, what was interesting, they weren't even intending initially to measure happiness, but then they noticed a very, very strong correlation to uh, what they call happiness indicators between the uh, clients, I keep saying clients, the investors that had advisors and the ones that didn't. Could you explain correlation for folks that aren't up to technical words? Yes, correlation means let's say they uh, uh, they weren't intending to you know get to a certain conclusion there, and they asked a bunch of questions, and the let's say just say for simplicity, half of the respondents had advisors and half didn't. Well, then they noticed that all the respondents that had advisors had higher measurements on these happiness indicators. So there is a higher correlation between the, uh, and, and again, if you get really into science, they'd have to do additional research to really so it's like one thing moves, validate this. Right? Like one thing moves Correct. and the other thing moves with it. They're connected They're together. connected together. Okay. And so basically what they found inadvertently was that the clients, <laughs> I got <laughs> I, this is the third time I did that in a row. It's really stuck in my head there. The yeah. investors that had advisors uh, had, again, much higher happiness indicators than the investors that did not. So, uh, of course, anything, a correlation isn't a direct, you know, uh, guaranteed 
cause and effect. Uh, so, you know, what's the it's word? Diff- it's but it's a, it means there's a high probability that those two are. It's very are pretty per- likely it's related. personal, but yep. somewhere they're correlated. In other words, somewhere they move together. If you have a financial advisor, more of your check marks come out on the happy side mm-hmm. than on the unhappy side. Yeah, and you know, life is about being happy. I think. Well, yeah. yeah, certainly. So here's a quote from the lead one of the one of the researchers and the um, the the per, uh, person running the uh, research here says. So we were looking at these levels of happiness, and that's when we found that people who had a financial advisor were already happier, and they were happier with their relationship and communications with their partner. So it also improved not just the happiness levels, but also the relationships and communication. Uh, satisfaction with your spouses or partner, which I think is also very, very meaningful. Yeah, there's another interesting thing in here, Gabriel, is that they're saying that it may be that happy couples (laughs) hire financial advisors because they talk to each other and they recognize that they need advice. So they're already happy because they're hiring uh, uh, a financial advisor. On the other side of it, the data shows that by hi- by hiring a financial advisor, couples, as you just said, get a chance to talk to each other about these things that they rarely talk about or more often fight about, and that helps them get happy too. Right. So that's a, that's an example of where the correlation, unless there is further studies done, you know, isn't a proven conclusion just yet. Exactly. They would have to measure, you know, that, right, for example, uh, in more specifics to, you know, that's why with a lot of research, there's other research that's then done to validate (laughs) prior research. But it's it's a very good indicator, and uh, more importantly, I think we see it all the time with our clients as well that they've put a plan in place and they are less stressed, they're happier, they come to us uh, for a review, they're smiling, they're feeling good. So there's uh, some firsthand feedback as well that we see uh, that I think helps validate that conclusion that they've come to here with the study. But it, yeah. I think it's very interesting that they, they did this study and that they found this result. And uh, it's obviously a great a great reason. One of the other benefits of working with an advisor is that it, of course, gives you a greater peace of mind. But also, in this case, sounds like it gives you more happiness as well. Well, yeah. And one, <clears throat> one of the criteria is this thing called decision paralysis. It means that Making a decision about your money itself can cause unhappiness. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, you know, it's really interesting because people without money have to make decisions that are like almost, will I have a great retirement or will I have an awful retirement? And people with a lot of money have too many dis- options. It's like they can't know, they don't know what to choose. Right. And that's called decision paralysis. And that's where people get stuck and getting stuck is like a dead pool of water you know it it doesn't it doesn't fly well and that's where couples get unhappy yeah so so i think you know folks if you're on the fence of uh working with an advisor for some reason and you you're looking to improve your happiness there's uh there's a couple advisors here in this room that i think you know, could really, uh, really help. Well, <laughs> well maybe, maybe we should have a segment <laughs> called Dr. Steve and Dr. Dr. Gabriel. 
like a therapy sure. 15 minutes. Sure. Yeah. Every yeah. Sunday. Every Sunday at 1 o'clock. Well, no, 1 o'clock. No, 7 a.m. No, 7 a.m. Get, get up and seize the day, you know. You're not up at 7 a.m. <laughs> on Sunday. I, I certainly am. With my Actually, Sundays is my morning to wake up with the kids. Oh, my gosh. So it certainly is the morning <laughs> where I'm up okay. at 7 a.m. That's a good idea. Therapy. Uh, yeah. Financial therapy. We'll work on that one. Okay. All right, folks. So, so we've also got a listener question here for today. So last week or two weeks ago, we we missed last week's show. Just couldn't find time to squeeze it in. Apologies about that. We're excited yeah. to be back here with you here. We always aim for every week, and sometimes we uh, we hit that mark. We got buried last week for some reason. Yep. I, I'm and, not sure why. And so, you know, the uh, listener question we had got in here was from Rebecca, and she asked that she's have basically she wrote here, I tell myself I need to start saving more for retirement, and I pretend like I'm about to get serious and actually do it. But then I can never stay motivated to actually increase my savings. Mm -hmm. How do I get myself motivated? God, that's a tough one. (laughs) That really is a hard question. It's like, you know, it's like the weight loss program. You know, I want to lose weight, but I don't know. That sandwich looks pretty good. Well, and that's a common question, too, just because it's the start of the year and a lot of, uh, it's in many ways a resolution. A resolution, yeah, a New Year's resolution. Uh, That might be where, maybe where that originated. But, uh, yeah, how do you get yourself motivated? I mean, that's, uh, that's a deep question. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it really is. So what I what I suggest is don't get yourself motivated. Just put it on automatic so it's not a decision. In other words, it's not like, oh, I need to save $1,000. Gee, I, that sounds like a lot of money. I'm only going to save 200 mm. If you put the transfer from your assets, from your bank accounts into your savings account, like I'm going to do $500 a month on an automatic transfer, then, it, then it's automatic, and you don't have to think about it, and you don't have to worry about being motivated or anything like that. Make, just make it happen. Right. So like Nike would say, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just do it, but I'm suggesting do it automatically. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they say once you can get yourself to that point where you're paying yourself first, you know, whether it's via your paycheck uh, deductions, whether it's a savings account that's on autopilot, once you get into that groove – you start to really learn to live with your new updated budget amount or income amount after you're doing all these savings. And then you start to just forget that you're even saving all this money. And, and much further down the road, you're very excited at the outcome of that yeah, <laughs> savings other, and investment plan. The other thing you can do, Gabriel, is uh, talk to an advisor. Talk about your future. Talk about the hurdles, the goods, the bads and get to see exactly what your future looks like. A lot of folks, you know, us human beings are short-term thinkers. It's like, hey, I'm good this week, or, you know, I had a nice day. Uh, You know, work was good yesterday and stuff like that. Uh, But if you take a long-term look into your future and you do it objectively, that's going to tell you where you're at. And and you may see things in there that you don't want to happen because you know that will really, really make you unhappy. Right. And uh, the fear of unhappiness is greater than the, fear, than the uh, joy of success. In other words, I want you to see where you're headed. Yeah, I think you've got you've to look ahead. It's not, it's not the world's maybe the best analogy here. I'm thinking of a golfing example where you have that little map that if no one's ever golfed, you get a little map that shows you the – course in advance a high level bird's eye view and you can see where the uh the water is where the traps are 
you know, and you can aim your shot. That's a good. That's a good one. It was okay. I like as it. In I retrospect, like it. as I started fleshing out, <laughs> you know, so you can aim your, you know, your shot accordingly to avoid those hazards. They're called hazards in golf, and so I think it's similar with your plan, right? If you if you look ahead at the bird's eye view and realize that not saving is going to create a future hazard, aka. Not enough money, you know, lowering of lifestyle in retirement. Can't, can't travel. Can't travel. You can't, you can't Maybe you can't a retire car, a couple years sooner. Yeah. Whatever it is, uh, I think you're then more likely to reline up your, your, your shot today to, you know, address that in the future. Yeah, I mean, w- would you rather see the full road? You know, like you're driving at night. Yep. You want to see the full road, and you can go down that road confidently. What if it's a curvy road, and now you got to slow down and be careful because you can't see if there's a deer there or some or a dead end? Uh, you, you know, know I uh, I grew up in Vermont, folks, and there was <laughs> always deer around the corner. Yeah, uh, lots of them. I had some close, actually, some very close calls where they dart in front of the car, and you have to slam on your brakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a pleasant experience. So I'm thinking here, Gabriel. I'm wondering <laughs> if my analogy was as good as yours. The I mean, uh, the deer's the, the, the driving <laughs> the deer down, on the curves. Well, you know, driving down a curvy road or driving down a I, because I loved yours, the bird's eye view of the golf course. Well, you're a golfer too, so that probably yeah. made a lot. Did of you sense. love? My, you didn't say anything positive. No, I liked about, yours because it you got me. Say th- it got me thinking about my uh, childhood and, and all the car crashes I almost got into yeah you got to say something or you, <laughs> you got to say like that you got to watch one. out for those for those deer yeah okay. uh, so, just so, checking i'm just checking in ter- terrific analogy. oh thank you oh thank you uh <laughs> so folks uh well thanks for joining us today i hope you had a good time i i know we always do we love uh just joking around but more importantly love you know giving you updates on financial topics and news that's out there and sharing listener questions with you and chatting through you know this complex world of financial planning and investments and retirement so are we going to make a bet on the super bowl uh well when is the super bowl next is it, not this sunday next sunday next sunday so yeah. hmm so i know the uh the bengals are in right they beat the chiefs and the rams and the rams are yeah. in you know good team, and i've been rooting for i'm so happy because my giants are terrible <laughs> i mean the worst team in the league uh, and i've been rooting for the rams so yeah it's like wow well, I will. Uh, I think you know if I was a, a prognosticator, <laughs> as we talked about, I would predict the Rams are going to yeah. run away with it. I think. They I are. think so. So, are we going to bet? How well, about, we're betting on the same. How about a case of like? Uh, but I I'm betting the Rams, and you're betting the Rams. Well, you, I'll give you. Are you going to give me points? No. Well, you're, that's just win or lose. Let's do a point thing. <laughs> well, we'll work this out separately. We'll let you know how uh, the results of this on one of our updated podcasts. Come on, get in the game, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Uh, whenever you're listening to the show here, uh, we are thinking of you. If we can help you in any way, give us a call, 847-499-3330. If you're driving out there in the snow, stay safe. Be careful. And we uh, will talk to you on the next show. All right, everybody, you stay well. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Our Two Cents with Steve and Gabriel Lewitt. For any questions about your finances, give SGL a call at 847-499-3330 or visit us on the web at sglfinancial.com and be sure to subscribe to join us on next week's episode. Services are offered through SGL Financial LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Insurance and other financial products are offered separately through individually licensed and appointed agents.